Okay, so you know, uh, everything's Bashkach Apratis. So, last, the, the, the story that we're up to in Sefer Yeshua. So, last week, the part of the story that we were up to was relevant to Lag Boimer. And this part of the story that we're up to is very negative to Shavuos. So, the truth is, this, that part of the story that we're up to now is actually going to take us a few weeks probably to go through properly. So, it'll, uh, it'll be a good hachana for, uh, for Manantar, for the Yantav of Shavuos. So, what are we up to in Sefer Yeshua? So we were up to the story of Har Grizim and Har Evil. So the pa- again, the past few weeks, and we, we were talking about uh, the Indian of the stones that the Jewish people erected in that place of Har Grizim and Har Evil. And last week we began to talk about the actual, the actual covenant that was, that was made by Har Grizim and Har Evil. That was relevant to Lag Beimer. I will continue with that. So what happened by Har Grizim and Har Evil? So... Again, you don't have all the texts in front of you, but it's Kedai, if you have a chance, you take a look at Sefer Yeshua, and it's rooted in Parshas Kisavai. So let me show you what it says. It's in Parshas Kisavai, at the, uh, towards, uh, towards the beginning of Parshas Kisavai. So it says like this, Hashem says to Meshur Beinu, Meshur Beinu tells the Jewish people in Hashem's name, okay, you're going to get to Eretz Yisrael, you're going to get to a place of hard grief and hard evil, and this is what's going to happen. You're going to have the Jewish people split up, Half of the people are going to go on one mountaintop, half of the people are going to go on the other mountaintop, and there's going to be a Croesus bris. There's going to be a covenant that's going to be made. <clears throat> and the, the, the Levium, Kahanim and Levium with the Aaron are going to be in the middle between these two mountains. And they are going to turn to one mountain at a time. They're going to go through a number of blessings and curses. And that's the Pusik the Pusik goes through. That they're, you know, uh, I'll give you an example. So uh, Pasik says that the Levim, the Kahan Levim in the center, turn to one mountaintop and they say a blessing, which is, blessed is the person, let's say, for example, the first one, blessed is a person that doesn't have any Avayuzaras in his home. And everyone says, Amen. And then they turn to the other mountaintop and they say, cursed is the person that has an Avayuzar in his home. Amen. And it goes through like this. And the Pasuk goes through, basically, as we spoke about last, last week, 11, 11 blessings and curses. Again, each, each, each thing is a blessing if you do it properly, and a curse, if God forbid, not properly. 11 back and forth. And that's, the Pasuk, that's how the Pasuk goes. And, uh, and that's the story in Parshish Kisavai. And then in the Sefer Yeshua, we, the, the Pasuk says that we actually fulfilled this, this mitzvah, and we did it. That was the beginning of Har Grisman Har Enel. Okay, so... Now, what's, what's interesting about, uh, one other Nakuda just to mention, and then we'll, we'll investigate this in further, what was actually taking place over here, is as follows. Although there are 11 blessings and curses altogether, but there is something f- interesting about the, ele- the 11th one versus the, the first 10. The first 10 are very specific. So like I said, the first one is, you know, blessed, you know, blessed is someone that does not have any of other czars in his home, cursed is a person that does. And the next one is, you know, cursed is a per- you know, blessed is a person that, does, that respects his parents, cursed is a person that doesn't. And it keeps on going like this, specific mitzvahs, specific ideas. The, fo- the, the final one is, the Basic says, let's say, for example, the, the, the side of the thing that's cursed. So, cursed is a person that does not keep Tyra. So the final, and, and conversely blessed, is the person that keeps the Tyra. So the final one is much more cloistic, much more all-inclusive than the previous ten. But that's sort of how, uh, how it's broken down. Okay, so what we're going to learn today for just a little bit, it's probably going to be a shorter shoot than usual. 
I say that every time. So it's going to be, uh, so we're going to learn today, and we're going to continue probably for the next couple of weeks to investigate Alpi Halacha, first of all, even tonight, just a little bit. Uh, what exactly was taking place over here? How do we, what, what was the point of this Kreis' bris? What was the function of this covenant being made? We already had our Sinai. Yeah, we already have this bond between us and Hashem. Like we said, not finished, but what, what exactly is going on over here? So, okay, so that's what we're going to be learning. Now, the sugya that this comes from in the Gemara, to unravel this, is not, it's actually not that long ago in Dafyami. It's, on, uh, it's in Saita, Lamed Vav, Amibes, Lamed Zayim, and Aleph. That Lamed Vav, Lamed Zayim, those Gemaras, that's where this sugya is. Okay, so in Marmaka number one, you have a piece from the Gemara over there in the Gemara Saita. But in order to be able to get through the Gemara, you know, to be able to read it. Let me give you a little bit of background, and we'll say what, what the Gemara tells us outside. They'll be able to read it together nice and easy. Okay, here's the idea. Put this to the side for a second, but here's the idea where the Gemara is coming from, and then we'll plug it into this story of Har Grisim and Har Evil. The idea is the following. The Chazal had a tradition that, you know, when we think of the giving of the Torah, we think it happened in one, like it was one, it was a one-deal shot. Like, we stood by our scene, I was said, not finished, we got the Torah, finished. Chazal had a tradition that that's not the way the Torah was given. The Torah had to be given three times. The Torah had to be given in three stages. In three stages. Now we're going to see that it's a machlekes amongst Chazal what these three stages were. But the Torah was given to us completely on Har Sinai, true. But it had to be given, there had to be another, so to speak, giving of the Torah, another time that the Torah was said to us, second time, and finally a third time. That's, that's the tradition that Chazal have, number one. Number two, the other tradition that Chazal have is as follows, that, you know, again, when we stood by Harsina, for example, we said, Nasa Vinishma, so we said, okay, we accepted everything. Chazal understand as follows, and this is the tradition that they had, that for every single mitzvah that we accepted upon ourselves, again, by Harsinai, and the second time and the third time, which again, we'll speak about when these second and third times took place, but every single time we received the Torah, there was a covenant that was made for every specific mitzvah. So even though we said generally Nasav contained in that general statement of Nasav is that we'll accept tzitzis and tefillin and kashras and Shabbos and, and paraduma, uh, all the mitzvahs. But Chazal understand that not only was there an acceptance and a covenant that was made for every single one of the 613, but within every one of the 613, there were, <coughs> there were let's put it this way, 16 covenants for each one of the mitzvahs. How do, you, how do you break that down? So we know like this. The Gemara tells us the following idea, that within every mitzvah, there are basically four sub-obligations that we have in terms of every mitzvah. So you have a mitzvah of tzitzis. You have to put on tzitzis. But really, there's four parts to that mitzvah. And we say, we reference it in davening. Lilmaid, ululamid, lish marvelasas. Means there's, within the mitzvah of tzitzis, there's a mitzvah to learn about tzitzis. Lilmaid. There's a mitzvah, there's a part of the mitzvah which is lalame, to teach others about tzitzis. There's a part of the mitzvah which is lishmar, to guard the mitzvah tzitzis. What does it mean to guard? It can mean not to forget about it, not to forget, the, to, 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 you know, chaza, you're learning that you don't forget it, or to safeguard yourself if you know that certain environments would tend to not, uh, you know, help you in your mitzvah tzitzis, avoid those areas. Lishmar, to put up gedarm for yourself. And last, and finally, to do that. So within every mitzvah, every mitzvah that we accepted upon ourselves, there was really four bonds, there were four kabbalists that we took, which is, for every mitzvah, lil lishma lishmer Okay. 
But now more than that, Chazal also understand that this is also a tradition of Chazal, that also within every mitzvah, and within every one of those there was also the following acceptance. There was an acceptance of a blessing and a curse regarding that mitzvah. And more than that, not only was there an acceptance of a blessing and a curse, there was an accepting of a blessing and a curse both on a specific level of that particular mitzvah and also that mitzvah as part of the collective whole of Torah. So let's say for example, so I get tzitzis. So we have, a, when we said nasavinishma, so to speak, on tzitzis, it, it, there was, there was uh, 16 bonds, 16 kabbalas that we just took for that mitzvah tzitzis. How so? Because it means that we're going to accept upon ourselves to lil to learn about tzitzis. And when we accept that bond of lil it means that we're also saying to ourselves, we're accepting the blessing that comes with keeping tzitzis as part of Torah, and the blessing that comes with keeping tzitzis specifically, the curse that comes with abandoning tzitzis as part of Torah, and the curse that comes with abandoning tzitzis specifically. <clears throat> so there's... That's, uh, th- those, are, those are four altogether. And then we did the same thing for Lulamid, and the same thing for Lishmar, and the same thing for Lasis. So it's four within four. Four times four is 16. So every single mitzvah that we accepted by Kabbalah Satara, which again, as I said, was in three stages, each mitzvah was 16 Kabbalahs. Lilmaid, Ulamid, Lishmar, Lasis, and each one of those, four, four Kabbalahs. One Baruch Bechlal, Baruch Befrat, Aror Bechlal, Aror Befrat. Okay? Follow so far? That's the idea. So when we stood by Arsina, we said Nasa Vinishma, there's a lot, a lot of Kabbalahs were contained in that Nasa Vinishma. By the way, the Gemara even says further than this, not only do we accept 16 Kabbalahs for every single mitzvah, we also accepted responsibility of each mitzvah for every other yid. So when I accepted tzitzis, I'm accepting tzitzis that I should do lishma velasik, lil madalami lishma velasis lakayim with a collective baruch and a specific baruch and a collective ar and a specific ar for my own tzitzis. But I also do that for a Reuven tzitzis and Shimon tzitzis. I accept responsibility to make sure that Reuven fulfills his obligations, his 16 kabbalas of tzitzis and Shimon's 16 kabbalas of tzitzis. And that was for every single mitzvah. So. Right, so we were accepted upon ourselves, all these Kabbalahs for ourselves and for every 600,000 years. By the way, there's even a opinion of the Gemara that not only did I accept upon myself a Kabbalah Satyra for every single year, I accepted upon myself a Kabbalah Satyra for every other year's acceptance of other Yidin. So I'm responsible not only to make sure other Yidin put on tzitzis, I'm responsible to make sure that other Yidin make sure other Yidin keep tzitzis. So this is a, a lot of Kabbalahs going on over here. So let's... So that, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the idea. So we have two, two Yisaitis that the Gemara in Saita is coming from, which is number one, Kabbal Satara was three times. And number two, every mitzvah has 16, every time there was a Kabbal Satara, which gives us all the mitzvahs, it was with 16, Kabbal, 16 brisas, 16 kavans for every mitzvah, 16. By the way, and that means when this happened three times. So that means that altogether, on every mitzvah, we have 16 times 3, which is 48. So every single mitzvah, at the end of the day, we have 48 kavnins and 48 kabbalas that we have for every single mitzvah. Okay? Now, by the way, that's not a coincidence, number 48, this time of year. It's good to know, right? Pirkei Yavis. We're getting ready for Kabbalah Satara. So the Mishnah says in Pirkei Yavis, Mem ches tvarim, shatar niknis, there are 48 
ways that a ter- that a person is acquires Torah. That's the final parak in in, uh, in Pirkei one of the Mishnahis in the final parak. So it's forty eight. It happens to be all the different qualities that Chazal determine as good and necessary to receive the Torah, to accept Torah, to bring Torah into your life, uh, to be honest and to to be diligent. All, all the midas that the Mishnah over there says it happens to be it's forty eight. Happens to be 48. Also happens to be that every single mitzvah we accept upon ourselves 48 covenants. So evidently there's something special about this number 48. But that's the, that's the backdrop of the Gemara Saito. Okay. <coughs> now, the next part of the Gemara Saito, again, we're going to read this and the Gemara is going to go quick, but just it's good to, to get it the, 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 the first. <coughs> Where were these three times that we accepted the Torah? Follow so far, by the way? Everyone's okay? Okay. When, when did we have these three times of Kabbalah Satar? We heard it of Harsinai. So that's definitely going to be Lachar number one, right? So when were these three times? So the Gemara records the Machlakis. Okay? One opinion of the Gemara is the Sheet of Rabbi Akiva. Okay? Rabbi Akiva said the following thing, that the three times that we heard the Torah and we accepted the Torah with all of the covenants that I just mentioned, right? 16 each time for every mitzvah, 48 altogether, was number one by Harsinai, number two by the Ayal Mayid, by the Mishkan, where the Mishkan was erected, the Rabbani Shloilam repeated all of Tyra to Kal Yisrael through Meish Rabbeinu, and we accepted it again through the Ayal Mayid, through the Mishkan. And the final time was in Arvis Mayav, right before the Jewish people entered into Eretz Yisrael, Sefer Dvarim. That was also a final stage in Kabbalah Satyra. Those are the three times in terms of the Sheet of Rabbi Akiva. Okay, that's Rabbi Akiva. Says the Gemara, there's another shita of Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel makes the counting differently. Rabbi Shmuel says the following thing. Rabbi Shmuel says, Sinai and Oil Mayid, that was one Kabbalah. Why? Says Rabbi Shmuel, because in Har Sinai, we were not given the details of the mitzvahs yet. We were just given the basic ideas. But the details of the mitzvah only came by the Oil Mayid. So the Torah of Har Sinai and the Kabbalah of Oil Mayid, that's one Kabbalah. That only counts as one. We didn't get the full thing by Har Sinai yet. So says Rabbi Shmuel, the first time was by Sinai and Oil Mayid. The second time was by Arvas Mayav, by Sefer Tvarim, before we entered into Eretz Yisrael. So says Rishmol, where was the third time? Rishmol says, the third time was Har Grisim and Har Evil. That was Har Grisim and Har Evil. And so says Rabbi Shmol, the covenant that was made by Har Grisim and Har Evil is, it, it fits with this model of Kabbal Satyra, where you have, as I mentioned, where you have, you know, ten mitzvahs being mentioned, and really, according to Rabbi Shmuel, these ten mitzvahs that are mentioned in, as the Jewish people accepting the Har and Evil are just ten, it means etc. In other words, it wasn't just these ten mitzvahs that are mentioned in the blessings and curses. It means all the, all the 613. It's just for whatever reason, the Torah decided to give us an example of, of these ten. And the way the, 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 these specific ten mitzvahs were accepted was in such a way of blessing and curse, and a specific blessing and a collective blessing. So, according, so says Rabbi Shmuel, when you read in Parshas Kisavai, where it talks about how the Torah, how these mitzvahs were, you know, sort of uh, reaccepted, you know, by Har Gizman Har Evil, it fits the pattern of how every mitzvah was accepted throughout all the stages of Har Sinai. So, for example, when uh, so the way Rabbi Shmuel views it is as follows: one of the again, one of the blessings and curses is again, like I said, honoring your parents. So that's mitzvah kibbutzavay. That's one of the 613. And every single one of the, of the 613 was reaccepted finally by Hargis and Harivel. Again, the Torah is just picking up 10 as an example. So one of them is, again, so it says, blessed is a person that honors your parents. Cursed is a person that doesn't honor their parents. And then the final blessing and curse, which is, right, that collective 
blessed is the person that, that keeps all of Tyra, and cursed is the person that, this, that does not keep all of Tyra, that's going on each one of those ten mitzvahs previously mentioned. Again, as I said, that for every single mitzvah we accepted, and every stage of Kabbalah Tyra, every single mitzvah was with a blessing and a curse, both collectively and individually. And that's exactly the model that we see by Hargrisman Haravel. So these ten mitzvahs that are that are described in Hargrisman Haravel that are accepting that are being accepted with a blessing and a curse are being accepted with a blessing and a curse specifically. That we're saying specifically blesses a person that does this mitzvah specifically and curses a person that does not. And then we also have a blessing and curse regarding those mitzvahs in a more broad sense, which is blessed is a person that keeps the Torah, including that mitzvah we just mentioned, and curses a person that doesn't. So that's how Rabbi Shmuel views Hargiz and Haravel. It's not anything new, and, it, and the mitzvahs that are being mentioned in, in, in the acceptance of Hargiz and Haravel are just 10 out of 613, because really all the mitzvahs were accepted in, in Hargiz and Haravel, and this is, this is just, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the Torah decided to give us an example of ten how they were accepted. That's the shita of Rabbi Shmuel. So again, this is the way this is the way it works. According to Rabbi Shmuel, the Torah again, everyone agrees the Torah was accepted in three stages, and everyone agrees that every mitzvah was accepted in this way of kavdin, of a kavdin being made for lilmaid ulamaid lishmar velasais. And everyone agrees that for every single one of Lil Maid Lishma Velasis of every single mitzvah, there was a collective blessing, a collective curse, a specific blessing, and a specific curse. And that everyone agrees to that. The question is, okay, how do you work out the three times? According to Rabbi Kiva, again, it was Harsinai, Mishkan, and Arvis Mayev, right before getting into Eretz Yisrael. And according to Rabbi Shmuel, it was Sinai Almight as one, and then Arvis Mayev. And finally, Hargrees with Haravel. Okay? Now, the one question that re- that's going to remain after this is, I mean, there's going to be a lot of questions, but let's say the one question the, immediately is, so what is Hargrees and Haravel about according to Rabbi Akiva? Right? You follow so far? Again, according to Rabbi Shmuel, Hargrees with Haravel is, is part of Kabbalah Satara because you need Kabbalah Satara to happen three times, and this was the final time. I, the Torah, the I in Hargrees with Haravel, it only talks about 10 minutes as being accepted. It's true, it talks about them being accepted with blessings and curses and specific blessings, specific curses and collective blessings and collective curses. So that sort of does model Harsinai, but only mentions 10. Okay, says Rabbi Shemal, it means 10, etc. For whatever reason, the Torah decided to only give us the example of 10. But really what happened in Hargis when our evil is every single one of the 613 was accepted like this. So according to Rabbi Shemal, that's how it works. But according to Rabbi Kiva, again, we already had Kabbalah Satyra the third time by Arvis Mai before we got into Eretz Yisrael. What's this fourth Indian of Hargreaves with our evil for? All right, so that's what we're going to have to see. Okay. So let's, let's, let's based on all that, let's read the Gemara in Maramukha number one, and it should go, uh, it should go nice and smooth. Okay. So again, it's the Gemara in Saita, Lamed Vav, and Mebeis, to Lamed Zayin, and Aleph. Okay. <coughs> now, the only thing, the only thing the Gemara is going to be a little different than I just presented is the names. I mentioned the names Rabbi Kiv and Rabbi Shmuel, the Gemara records Rabbi Kiv Rabbi Shmuel, but first it brings uh, an earlier b'risa with different names. But it's the same basic uh, breakdown. It says the Gemara this, Tan Rabban and the rabbis taught that, again, regarding every single mitzvah that we accepted, again, three times, Baruch Bechlal, Baruch Befrat. Or Bechlal, Or Befrat. Every single mitzvah was accepted with a collective bracha. Blessed are you for keeping Torah, if you keep tzitzes. 
Cursed are you for not keeping tar if you don't keep tzitzis. And then a specific blessing, blessed are you for keeping tzitzis. And cursed are you for not keeping tzitzis. So every single mitzvah had these four elements of a, big, of a collective bracha, a collective curse, a specific bracha, a specific curse. And as well, and all those four were truth, were, were also accepted for lo maidolame lishma velasis. Right? That's for every single mitzvah. Hare sheishis, right? That means that for every single mitzvah, there were 16 kavnin, 16 kabbalas that were made. V'chein, this is, now this is the first opinion. V'chein, this, this is true b'sinai. V'chein b'arvas mo'yev. This happened by Har Sinai. This happened by Arvas Mayav. And this opinion, what he's talking about, the context of what he's talking about is Har Grisman Evil, and it happened again by Har Grisman Har Evil. So that's the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel, right? That Kabbalah Satar happened in three, st- three stages. Again, each mitzvah was 16 Kabbalahs, 48 altogether. And the three times were Har Sinai, Arvas Mayav, right? Before we got to Eretz Yisrael, and Har Grisman Har Evil. Shadamar, and that's why the Pasik says at the end of Sefer, uh, the, towards the end of Sefer Devarim, that this is the covenant that Hashem made with Maisha Rabbeinu, in other words, indicating that, the, that this was a real covenant. That this was, that we're not just chazering over the mitzvahs in Sefer Dvarim. It was a real covenant that was being made. Ushmart, and so on. Nimsa says, the b'risa, so it comes out, memches, brisais, I'll call mitzvah, mitzvah. Now for every single mitzvah, we have 48 covenants, 48 kabbalas for every single mitzvah. 16 times 3. Okay. Now that's the first opinion. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, as we're going to see, follows the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Shimon takes out from, these, from this counting of three times of Kabbalah Satayra, takes out Hargizman Harevel. That's something different. And for him, the three times was Harsinai, the Mishkan, the Oil Moed, and Arvas uh, Mayav. This is Rabbi Shemin, Shemar So these are the two opinions that the Gemara records, the Tanakama, a nameless person, and Rabbi Shemin. Now the Gemara says, And this, this is the Machlekes that's more famous with uh, Tanoi that, 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 that spell out clearly. The Tanya, which is the following Bryson, Rabbi Shemol Oimer. Rabbi Shemol says, that the Kabbal Satar of Sinai and Mishkan are counted as one, says Rabbi Shmuel. Why? Because says Rabbi Shmuel, the general ideas and outlines of the mitzvah was, were said by our Sinai. The details were then said by the Oil Maid. So says Rabbi Shmuel, you can't count our Sinai and Oil Maid as different stages of Kabbal Satar because you didn't have everything right away. So that's all counted as one. So again, according to Rabbi Shmuel, the first Kabbal Satar, so to speak, was our Sinai Mishkan. The second one is Arvis Mayav. And the third one is Har Grisman Har Evil. That's the first opinion in the previous price. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, no, no, no. Klolos Upratis, never be Sinai. Both the, the general idea and the details of the mitzvahs were both said by your Sinai. And so that was the first Kabbalah Satara. The Nishnu by Almay, they were repeated again, second time by the Mishkan. That's the second one. The Nishtalshul by Arvis Mayev. And they were repeated a third time by Arvis Mayev. And Har Grisman Har Evil, that's something new altogether. Which means, and everyone agrees to this final observation, that every single mitzvah that we have in Yiddishkeit in, in Torah, every mitzvah, like, at the end of the day, according to everyone, has 48 covenants to it. It's just a matter of how to count, how to count the three times. Everyone agrees to the basic structure. It's just where to fit the three times. And, and if Har Grisman Har Evil is part of this, this, uh, you know, uh, trilogy of Kabbalah Torah, or is it something else altogether? Okay, that's the Gemara. Okay, we follow so far? That's the Chesh. Okay. Now, according, now let, let's think about it like this. In Har Grisman Har Evel, so 
Again, according to Rabbi Shmuel, the story, the episode of Hargis and Evil, that's classic Kabbal Satar. Classic Kabbal Satar. And really, every single one of the 613 was mentioned over there by Hargis and Evil. The Torah only mentions 10. But the basic model of what Kabbal Satar looks like, which is, you mention a mitzvah and you, and, you, and you accept upon yourself a blessing and a curse, both collectively and individually, regarding that mitzvah, that, that's, 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 that's what exactly what happened by Hargis and Evil, and that's, uh, that's what happened uh, by Kabbal Satara. So Hargis and Evil just fits exactly the model of Kabbal Satara. The only thing different is that the Torah, for whatever reason, only decides to fill us in on, on give us, gives us an example of ten mitzvahs that this happened by Hargis and Evil, but really it's, it's all 613. That's Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Kiva sees no, something altogether different, Hargis and Evil, something altogether different. <coughs> so what was going on by Harakiz ben Evil? <coughs> okay, so that we're not really going to get to so much this week. But as I show, we'll see more next week about that. But one piece of the puzzle to at least begin to begin to unravel the mystery of what happened by Harakiz ben Evil, according to Rabbi Kiva. Again, according to Rabbi Shmuel, it's not a, it's not a problem. It's just part of the root, this, the, the, the three part of Kabbalah Satyra, which, which everyone agrees upon. But what was going on with Rabbi Kiva, according to Harakiz ben Evil, according to Rabbi Kiva, it was, uh, we already accepted Torah three times. So what, what was going on over there? So take a look at Maramukka number three. We'll skip two for now. Maramukka number three. The Gemara over there later on in the Gemara Saita sort of begins to unravel this mystery. It's not complete, but it begins. The Gemara says like this, Darash Rabbi Yehuda Bar Nachmeni, Maturgamani Shem Ben Lakish. Rabbi Yehuda Bar Nachmeni was the, uh, the translator, the Maturgaman was a job. Was, the, the Rosh Hashiva, the Amaira would give a drasha and you would have a Maturgaman. The Maturgaman was the microphone. And he would... Uh, he would say, Rab. Now, very often the maturgamen were not talmidei chachamim, and to a certain degree, they were handpicked because they were not talmidei chachamim, because we don't want them to to change anything. You just you're just a microphone. You're just a microphone. But sometimes they would be talmidei chachamim, and the gemara. In fact, we have a few places in the gemara where it has like stories of the maturgamen saying something a little bit different than the amira. Levitic. So in this case. So Rabbi Yehuda ben Nachmeni was the maturgaman of Rav Shem ben Lakish. He was a he was an amira in his own right, and he said the following tire. <coughs> he said, "Kol apar shakula." That according, okay, he said like this: According to Rabbi Shmuel, the mitzvahs that are listed in Har Gizim and Har Eval, those each one of them is, is is an individual mitzvah with again the blessings and curses appropriate for that mitzvah because it's part of the model of Kabbalah Satyra. But according to Rabbi Shmuel, but says the, the Rabbi Yehuda ben Nachmeni. According to Rabbi Kiva, something else was going on by Hargis ben Ha'evel. Says Rabbi, says, said Rabbi Yudah ben according to Rabbi Kiva, every single one of those, what would look like individual mitzvahs by Hargis ben Ha'evel, are all just different ways to talk about just one Indian. And what is that one Indian? Says, said Rabbi Yudah ben Nachmeni, It's talking about the Indian of Eshesesh. Of a husband and wife, God forbid, not, not, nothing should be unfaithful to a husband and wife. That's the only Indian that all of Hargis ben Ha'evel is really talking about. And it's just saying in all different ways. So, and, and, and the Gemara goes on to, to talk about how every single uh, one of those mitzvahs, and you'll take a look, every single one of those mitzvahs, even though simply one's talking about Kibbutz of Aim, and one's talking about, uh, uh, you know, not putting a stumbling, path in fr- a stumbling block in front of a blind person, one's talking about not uh, stealing another person's property, uh, random things. And according to Rishmael, they are random mitzvahs. It's because we're just giving 10 out of 613. But according to Rabbi Kiva, this is not a Kabbalah Satyra. This is something altogether different. And what, what, what was it? This was a unique Kabbalah regarding one Indian. And this one Indian was accepted in like 10 different ways how to accept this Indian. And this Indian is Eshazish. That a husband and wife should be faithful to each other. 
That's Rabbi, that's Rabbi Yudu Menachbeni said. So the, the example he gives as follows is, the first one is, the first Pasuk is, Ara Ish, cursed is a person, Asha Pesel Masech, I mentioned. Cursed is a person that uh, has an Avodah Zara in his home. So says Rabbi Yudu that's not talking about Avodah Zara. Bar Sagilai, what, the, the, he just cursed. The guy is an Apikairis, much, much worse than a curse. So it says, Elizeha Baal Erva, Vahilid Ben, that's talking about, again, it's another way of referencing a, a couple that's unfaithful to each other. And it's referring to the following scenario. God forbid there's a couple that's unfaithful. A child is born, the kid's a mamzer, he feels disconnected from the community, so what does he do? He goes to the Goyim. He goes to the Goyim, and then they don't have any, you know, uh, they have no issues with him. So he'll go, uh, he'll live like a guy, and eventually he'll serve a Vaidazara. So you see what's happening over here. It's really talking about Aishas Ish, but it's like a, it's getting there from, from around, you know, in, in, in a circular way, in a, in a roundabout way. That's the thing that's going on behind Gizman Arevo. Okay, so according to Rabbi Kiva, that's the name of Hargis Evil. It's a unique Kabbalah regarding one Indian and one Indian alone, it just it, from all different angles. And that's the Indian of Eshesish. Now, this needs an explanation, obviously. What's the Indian of. Uh, we already accepted all of Torah, 613, 48 times, you know, 48 priests in every single one. So it's, uh, something special about Eshesish. Eshesish is not, I mean, it's. Don't get me wrong, it's a very, it's a capital punishment, we're talking about a very serious issue. But there's a lot of vinyan in which are uh, Mises Bezdin, Avaydazar, no, something going on over here with Eishazish. Okay, so like I said, we're going to get to that Bezashem next week. What's, what's really happening by Harkin's Renevel, Korinter Bikiva? Why is it necessary? What's going on with Eishazish? Like, what's going on? Again, according to Bishmol, it's pretty simple. This Kabbalah Sitar three times, and Harkin's Renevel is the number third. Fine. But according to Bikiva, there's something else going on regarding Eishazish. We need to investigate that further. That will be, be next week, and uh, we'll take it from there. But for the remainder of this year, let's investigate one other Nakuda that both Rabbi Kim and Rabbi Shmuel were agreeing upon, and it was a backdrop to the entire Suga, which is Kabbalah Sotar has to be three times. Right? That was, that was the assumption over the year. Kabbalah Sotar three times, and that's what they're trying to figure out. Okay, is Hargaviz Menarif a part of that system? Is it outside of that system? What's going on? But this Indian, of course, they're having to be three times that they both agreed upon. What's this Indian? Why is it not enough to accept the Torah once? You have to accept the three times. You have to hear it three times. Okay. So we're going to learn a few pieces from the Maral. It's uh, not too complicated. <coughs> Maral, you know, whenever you think of numbers, the first Maral to think about is the Maral. He talks about numbers a lot. So the rise of the Maral, the number three is a very significant number. And the number three, in the rise of the Maral, we find have a certain, uh, there's a certain quality and a certain, uh, 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 you know, a, a concept that the number three represents, and that's exactly why Tyra had to be given three times in this Indian of number three. Take a look at Maram Nakhon number four. We'll see, we'll see a few, uh, three different examples. I don't know, let's talk of three. Three different examples of what the number three means in the writings of the Maharal. Okay. Maram Nakhon number four, this is from Netzach Yisrael Paraktes. The Maharal says like this, He's not talking about Torah particularly, but any covenant, every, any bond that is being made by two partners to connect them, always boils down to the number three. Why? So one is one partner. Let's put out Tayyatza. One is one partner. Two is the other partner. And three would be the thing that's bonding them. So every relationship is not just written. Every relationship is built on three things. A husband and wife, the same thing. There's a husband, there's the wife, and then there is the Kedushin that binds them. And the same thing is with business partners. You have one partner, 
another partner, and the business that binds them. There's always a, a connection of three. That's always the way it is. So in terms of Tyra, it's the same thing. What is Tyra? What was happening by Kabbalah's Tyra? A bond between us and the Rabbani Shalom. Automatically, that bond has to be within three. Because there's the Rabbani Shalom, there's us, and the Tyra that binds us. So in order to make sure that the Tyra is, is expressing itself properly as the bond between us and Hashem, so the Torah had to also be expressed in this quality of three. The, the truth is, it's rooted in Chazal. Chazal say, this is a famous Gemara in Shabbos, the Gemara says that someone once proclaimed, praiseworthy is the Rabbani Shalom that gave us a Torah of three to a people of three on the third month, right? Because Sivan, if you count from Nisan, is the first of the month. So Nisan, Iyar, Sivan. Sivan, which is Shavuos, is the third month. The Torah was given to us in three, Torah, Nevim, Tzuvim. And it was given to the Jewish people that are three, Kahanim, Levim, Yisraelim. So uh, there's a three over here. So Kabbalah also is in three stages. Why? Well, it says in Moral because the, the, the very basic idea of there being a bond between two partners is basically three. One partner, another partner, and the bonding agent between them. So that's the same thing. So in this case, one partner is Hashem. I'm a Kabbalah bris, the receiver of the, of the, of the bond. In other words, the other partner is Hu Adam, the human being or in this case, the Jewish people, and the thing that bonds them, which would be the third. And in our context, it's the Torah. So Torah is deeply, the bond of Torah is deeply rooted in number three. So that's one element of three, which is the bond, the bond between two partners. Maramak number five, the morale in Gur Aryeh, in Bereshis Memtes, talks about also number three, but now gives a little bit of a deeper uh, understanding of what three signifies. Kikasha Teniach Gimel Nakudas Zu if you were to imagine, let's say, three, uh, you know, three dots next to each other, dot, 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 you know? Says the morale, the middle nakuda, the middle dot, is by its very definition not extreme, right? I mean, whenever you have, whenever you have three, you now have two extremes and one middle, right? We just have one dot, there's no contrast. If you just have two, so there's also limited contrast. When you have three, now you have contrast. You have two outer dots, outer points, which, are, which now can be classified as extreme. And the middle point, which now can be classified as the middle path. In the writings of morale, we find this idea that, and it's, it's based, the Rambam himself writes this and, and also in, in, in a number of places, that extremes are by their very definition not forever. You know, you know, you know. Let's say, uh, you know, uh, in sports, it's like this, right? Nowadays, it's a big Indian by certain uh, by certain sports, like you know, what they call it, uh, load management. I think that's what they call it, right? What's load management it means? It used to be in the day, back in the day. So a pitcher would go nine innings, right? Or a player would play the you know every game of the regular NBA season, finish. But nowadays, we're Ibrahim and we've decided. No, we can't. We have to, you know, you have to. They, they they can't bring, you know, use all their kaiches right away. So you have to slow them down. That they should be ready for the playoffs and be ready for the, you know. And then they get injured. Then right. So it's not the. That's, that's the way it happens. Okay. The concept is that if you pour all your kaiches out in an extreme way, it can only last for a little bit. If you want to have something that lasts forever, or so so to speak. It has to be b'derech It has to be in, in 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 the golden path in the middle. It has to be balanced. Things that are not balanced, they might be extreme and amazing for the short time, but they burn themselves out. So one of the qualities of Torah is that it's nitzli, that it's forever, and so to express the eternity of Torah. 
This is symbolized by it being defined as something that's balanced, not extreme. And to express something balanced, not extreme, it's always with the number three. Because the number three means, now you have contrast, you can say that, that there's a middle compared to extremes. So Torah is therefore always going to be defined as the number three, because the eternity of Torah demands it being defined as the middle path. And the middle path means number three. It says Maral Maramak number five, When you have three points next to each other, the middle point is not extreme. It doesn't have any extreme quality to it. And that's exactly its greatness. That's why it lasts. Now, in the context over there, he's talking about Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov also being three. So even though Yitzchak Avinu was the middle one in terms of, by, you know, chronologically, but conceptually, Avram is Chesed, Yitzchak is Gvura, and Yaakov is Tefer. So Yaakov is the middle. Because Yaakov is the middle, and Yaakov is the one that's balanced, so he represents a, a balanced approach, not an extreme. Who So he represents the middle. which doesn't have this quality of extreme, and therefore it lasts forever. So Avram Avinu and Yitzchak Avinu, they they represent the extremes, which are amazing and powerful and needed. But long term, ultimately, it's about the middle path. That's that's Yaakov Avinu. That's why Yaakov Avinu is the one that represents Torah. Yaakov Avinu is forever. Yaakov Avinu loymeis. Yaakov Avinu means the middle path, which is forever. So Torah, which is again uh, eternal, has to be represented by three. So the Kabbalah Satara is also in three, three times. Finally, Marmaka number six, the morale in Chedusha Agadis in Mesechus and Hedron, another quality of the number of the number three is as follows. Kiashlishi, Tamid, and Yatzvin Again, based on what we just said before, three always represents the middle path. The middle path means it's not extreme, and because of that, it'll last forever, right? But, and more than that, says the morale in, in, in Sanhedrin, it also is very reflective of the Rabbanu Shloylam, because the Rabbanu Shloylam is forever, number one, and the Rabbanu Shloylam is Yoysher. Yoysher means straight, justice. The Rabbanu Shloylam is not, he's not a, a chesed. The Rabbanu Shloylam is everything at the same time. At the same moment, there is chesed in the world and there's din in the world. At the same moment, in the same person. So a guy, is, a guy has a headache. So that's that book. The Rabbani Shalom is, there's a certain level of, of din that the Rabbani Shalom is showing that person, specifically on the guy's head, that he has a headache. But guess what? If he has a head, they have a headache. So at the same time, the Rabbani Shalom is giving him tsaris. A real tsaris would be not to have a head. He has a head. Why, why do you have a head? Because the Rabbani Shalom is giving you a head. You don't have a head because you were born with a head 30 years ago. You have a head because Rabbanu Shalom is giving you a head right now. So he's giving you a head and he's giving you a headache in your head. It's chesed and gevur at the same time. The whole line of the Rabbanu Shalom is middle. Everything in the world is middle. There's nothing that's extreme. Anything that's extreme simply doesn't exist. All pure chesed doesn't exist. Pure gevur doesn't exist. Everything that exists and our entire interface with Rabbanu Shalom is through existence. Everything is balanced. It's always, it's always a combination of both. That's the reality. So Torah, which is about a bond between us and the Rabbani Shalom, a way of relating to Hashem, is by its very definition, it requires to express this level of balance of being both a connection of both extremes and an inter- integration of both extremes. That's what number three means. Right and left, those extremes, they, 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 that means that the right is only the right and the left is only the left. The middle is both right and left. So the, the, and, and that's what the Rabbani Shalom does in our lives. It's always an integration of right and left of chesed and gvura, and that's what Torah has to represent as well as 
the way the Rabbanu Shalom relates to us is through Torah. That's the meat of Hashem. So the three, which is the middle, always is reflective of Hashem. Which is the ultimate balance. That's the Rabbanu Shalom. So this is why Torah had to be given in three stages. Okay, so really this was, again, like I said, more of a hachana than a preparation for what's going to be next week. So next week we're going to dive more deeply into this sugya of Hargizman Har Evil, according to Rabbi Kiva, and to figure out what exactly was going on over there, what is it about Aishas Ish that needed its own unique bond, and uh, we'll take it from there. But one other Nakuda that I think is good, I just to mention very, very quickly, is okay, so we explained, again, based on the morale, why Kabbalah Sadar had to be in three, three times, yeah? And we also said that the number of covenants at the end of the day of all those three times is 48 for every mitzvah, and that parallels the 48. Uh, 48 uh, ways that the Torah is acquired. So that kind, of, that kind of makes sense. But what's interesting is, is that those 48 covenants, again, which is 16 times 3, was, it all boiled down to the number 4. It was Lilmait, Lamed, Lishmur, right? And for each one of those four, there was four. One Baruch Bechlal, Baruch Befrat, Ara Bechlal, Ara Befrat. And four times four is 16. 16 times three is 48. But it all came from a covenant of four. Sep is four. So four, who knows four? I know four. Four of the four letters of Hashem's name. I know you Right? Yudke Vavke, right? It's a rabbi joke. Yudke Vavke. So Yudke Vavke means, that's the, that's the name of Hashem, that's the essential name of Hashem. Whenever, the, 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 in order to make sure, see, these covenants that we accept, are not just, okay, you know what? I'll do it. I, I, I really mean it. I really, really mean it. I, I'm telling you, I'm going to do it. Like, it's not just like repeating ourselves four times. This is establishing. It's, we, it's weaving within the fabric of mitzvahs that although you're engaged right now in the midst of shatnas, and right now you're uh, dealing with uh, Shaifa and Rosh Hashanah, but at the end of the day, deeply woven within every single mitzvah is this inning of four, which is your Kevavke. And all mitzvahs boiled down have this quality that Tzad HaShavash of them, the unifying force behind all mitzvahs is the number four, which is and that's exactly what's, what's, what's ultimately being, being, being revealed over here, both in, in Kabbalah in three stages, which like the Maral said, three means balanced and, unif- and, and unity between extremes, and that's the Rabbani Shalom. And every single mitzvah is, is being accepted with four times four, because again, it, it means... Four means the four letters of Hashem's name. It's Rabban Shalom. means that what's being established by Kabbalah Satar is that you're going to be doing a lot of things with Yiddishkeit. A from Jew has a busy schedule. But you should know the one thing that's, that's that what, you, what you're really doing throughout your life is just one thing. Connecting and serving the one God. And to remember and to make sure that the mitzvahs, that no mitzvah sort of takes on its own independent identity of like becoming an Avodah so to speak, and it's all like, you know, it's just all about, you know, checking boxes, making sure that I put on tefillin today, but why are you putting on tefillin? What did tefillin mean? So the, these covenants that were, that were established within every mitzvah is that constant reminder and that constant bond, pulling the mitzvah back and reining it into the bigger context of Yudkevavke, of the Rabbani Shalom and what we're here for, to serve the one God and to find the one God within all the mitzvahs that we do. So that's what Kabbalah Sotar is about. Again, like I said, Bez Hashem, next week we'll continue more in the need of Hargiz Benar Evil, but uh, we shall be zeichet to uh, fully accept the Torah and to remember the one God behind the scenes of all things. Yashukayach. Yeah,